regard to helping the families in Lewiston, Maine, I just heard from one of the most generous human beings on the planet, our good friend Sean Flaherty from Catches Law, and they are going to start the fundraising off with a $5,000 match. So as soon as that is up and ready to go on the Greg Hill Foundation website, I will alert you and we will do what we can for those who that entire community obviously suffering after that mass shooting last night, and we will uh, see what we can do to help them out and and raise as much as we can. And you guys uh, always step up, and so I hope you will this time, and we will let you know as soon as we uh, we have that up and going. And right now it's Mike Milbury time, and Mike Milbury is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh by findmassmoney.gov, and by John Sewer, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and he joins us on a Bruins Thursday on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good. Give me that QC Kinetics number. Hold on. We got to get you. To, we got to turn. We got to turn you up. I don't know what's going on over there. Is that him or is that you, Shime? I have him jacked up. So, uh, uh, Mike, you there? I'm here. Oh, there, there you are. Okay, that's okay. better. What you need? Uh, give me that QC Kinetics number. I got to put it on speed dial. Where are you? Where are you aching? I'm aching in my ankle, my knees, my hip, my back. And emotionally suffering as well. Uh, hey, well, uh, you know, don't you think because Peter Fanuel donated Fanuel Hall to the city, uh-huh. uh, the goodnesses of the heart, don't you think they should give it back to his family? Maybe they should. change the name? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe they should do that. that, that can we get over these problems? I mean, uh-huh. history is history. We yeah. Just, yeah. just get, get over it. Yes, history is history. Speaking of history, uh-huh. uh, the Bruins... Maybe making it again, Mike. Um, they are off to the best start uh, is since the 1937-1938 team. Uh, 6-0 and to start the season. And, uh, we were talking about it yesterday, and someone was suggesting that the, the competition has not been uh, playoff worthy. Where do you stand on this start for the Bruins? You can only play the teams the schedule puts in front of you. So, you know, it may be that they've played the little sisters of the poor for the last six games, but they won the games. And they did it in a wholly different style than we saw last year. I mean, this is not the puck possession team that, you know, we've had in the past. It was just amazing to see how much they control the puck. But they've done it with incredible goaltending, very efficient defense. The goals against it, how many have they given up? Like seven goals or six or seven (laughs) goals? It's crazy. And and their offense has just been cobbled together, and that's I think that's what you're going to see because of the holes left by Krejci and Bergeron. Mike, one of the things that we kind of talked about a little bit uh, is when you start off so good. Obviously, expectations are high. Uh, does it help that they had last year and be and playing so well that now they're playing just as well? It seems like does that help that they kind of know? What came with last year and the expectations and um, seeing them do almost, you know, similar to what they did last year. Would that help you as a coach if you were coaching this team? I think you know, we're going to find that out in April. But I, th- I think you're right. I think they, they learned a very tough lesson. And I think the coach as well as the players learned a tough lesson last year. And it's holding them in good stead. I mean, this is a solid team. It, it's it's lacking for me, you know, a guy in the middle on the first line. I think Zaka has two points. I mean, he's played pretty well. He's made the right plays and delivered the pucks when he needs to deliver them to his wingers and probably could have better stats. But he's going to need to be <clears throat> a lot more productive. And Potra has been, 
you know, a revelation. Can he keep it up? Uh, he's just a wisp of a thing. But, you know, his goals in, in the last two games were, were spectacular. And uh, that, that could be the, one of the tonics that they've needed, and, and uns- very surprisingly so. Let me ask you about my pal Jake DeBrusque, who was sat on Saturday night because he was late for a team meeting. Is that he's in a contract year? He's he's uh, he's he's been here for a while. Is that alarming to you when it comes to that player? I you know I'm not close enough to say it's alarming, but you know what I do think he handled the uh, the residue well. He just stepped up and took it on the chin, right? I mean, it was he said I screwed up and uh, I deserve to be punished and. And then he moved on. That, to me, shows some maturity that maybe we haven't seen from him before. But, but uh, clearly, if there's a, uh, another tipping point along the way, then maybe some alarm bells run off. But I'm not, I'm not concerned about it right now. I mean, people do screw up. I'm glad that Montgomery slapped him. Yeah. You know, I, I was worried that he would just let him get away with it. And maybe he did that last year. And maybe that's something that he's learned, that he's got to use the paddle as well as the feather. Paddle instead of the feather. Whoa. Uh, Mike, when you look at Olmark and Swayman during this uh, road trip, both incredible, had had great games. Can we put an end to the let's trade one because only one can help us out come a postseason run? No. Uh, I I think you can say you're in a great position and there's no reason to change it um, and unless – one of these guys brings you what you need, which is another top-flight centerman prospect, probably not an established one. But I have to tell you, they've been amazing. Both of them have been so efficient, so economical. There's no – I mean, Swayman gets hit in, in, in the body, and all of a sudden it's, the puck's gone. There's hardly ever a rebound. And when there is a rebound, he's right on top of it. And the same applies to Allmark. It's been – it's clearly their strength, um, and to change it would be a mistake – Unless they they were able to fill a, a hole that clearly is there for them, and that's you know another top flight sentiment. Mike, when you you talked a little bit about po- Patra Potra, what what is the most uh, I would say I don't want to use the word challenging, but as a young player um, in the NHL, because every sport is different. What's the thing that I think they have to young players have to do, or it's the most challenging thing for them to make the adjustment from now? playing juniors or wherever they were playing to the NHL? I think when you're a guy like Potra who's got the offensive skills that he has, he's going to learn to make better decisions with a puck. He's really good at hanging on to the thing now, and I'm not saying he's making bad decisions, but you know, when you're in junior and you're dominating the way he dominated, the, the game can seem easy. When you get to this level and you get guys that are intelligent and, and savvy, they can make you look bad and, and suck you into making plays that you don't need to play. And the other, at the other end of the ice, he has to be disciplined. He has to know that it's not just about putting points up on the board. He has to work in concert with his defensemen. So there's a lot for the kid to learn, but i got to tell you, I like what I've seen so far. Scary moment for Lauko the other night with that skate uh, getting up under that visor. Is there? Uh, he's, he seems to be fine, which is great, but is there? Is there anything that the NHL can do about it? I mean, so... So rare that it happens, but when it happens, it's pretty bad. Is there anything the NHL can do that they haven't done yet? No, I, it's you know, and being I've been cut by a skate before, and it's like you know, being slashed by a sword. It's really a searing pain with steel on skin. And I've seen a I've seen a in a, an amateur game, one of my teammates put a skate up to protect himself from somebody who was trying to jump on him, 
and he caught him just under the eye. I'll never forget it. It was like a, a water fountain of blood coming out just underneath his eye. Hmm. But I don't know how you, you – it's not bubble hockey. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to be able to live with some of these things, and they're scary, and it's kind of the uh, – in a weird way, the appeal to, to watching it because it's a, a train wreck waiting to happen, and it does happen. But that one is just – nobody wants to see that happen. And we remember – Clint Malarchuk got slashed in the throat in Buffalo, and it was yeah. it was just scary, scary stuff. But I don't know what else they can do. I suppose you could put, make sure everybody puts throat guards on, but and they've already got visors on. But you want to go to the full shield? I guess that could be, you know, a game changer for a lot of things. But you're still going to have some exposure to your skin. Skates are going to make contact with it. Fortunately, it's just a, it's a rare thing. Mike, you hear Montgomery say after the road trip that you're starting to see what the identity of this team is. In your mind, what do you think that is? I think it's great goaltending, solid defense. The defense is moving the puck up ice, which they're supposed to do. They get it, they retrieve it, they advance it, and then you're going to see a team that's not as, I guess, I don't want to use, I don't want to be disparaging of this approach, but it's going to be more very simple. You know, they're going to get it deep. They're going to they're going to try to control it once they get in deep. But you're not going to see the tic tac toe that we've seen in the past. At least, I don't think we are. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Potra and Zaka will find ways to do things that Krejci and Bergeron did. But that's asking an awful lot. So I think you're going to see a, a, a much simpler approach to offense. Good news is the power play will be good, and I think the penalty killing's been excellent. Uh, they've ticked off an awful lot of boxes early on, and they should feel good about themselves. And they've got another opponent that, you know, it's a, it's kind of a trap game coming back from a road trip when you've won them all, but and you're playing a team that's on the rebuild. But this is a team that they should beat, and they should wind up with another win in their pocket if they're ready to go. Mike, you say a simpler way on offense, and, you know, we, we talk about the Patriots and, you know, offense and simplifying things. And hockey – when you say a simpler way, can you win at a high level in the sense of can you make a deep playoff run if you have a simple style of hockey, or do you need those high-end offensive plays? And what is like a simple style of hockey? Is that just get pucks to the net? It's get a, it's it's more chip and chase. When you get to the blue line, unless you've got plenty of room, you chip it, you chase it, you send the troops in to retrieve it. You make sure your defensemen are on the wall to prevent easy exits from the opponents and get the pucks to the net all the time. And you, you clearly have to rely on some of your skill players, particularly on the power play, to get it done. But let's face it, the, the, the game played in the playoffs is a much simpler game, a much safer game, a much more uh, challenging game to score goals in because everybody's tuned into their defensive responsibilities in a, in a highlighted way. So I don't think it's bad that they're going about it this way. I think that's what they have to do. And, uh, yes, I think they can make a long run in the playoffs playing this way, and I think a lot of teams do. Uh, Mike, so uh, on Tuesday night they had their face-off frenzy where they had 16 games in one night. I personally loved it. I would love to see them do it more often, and I would love to see them do it on like a – Saturday or Sunday, you know, just after football season. So maybe like late late January, late February, something like that. Do you think that's something that they would do and take into consideration? Because I, I thought the idea of having a whip-around show with Bucci and Kevin Weeks was a great idea. And then just being able to bounce around to all the different hockey games was uh, an awesome viewing experience. 
Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought it was ridiculous. It's just this <laughs> stupid PR thing. Like, I mean, I wanted to see some other games in the following night. There was only one. I mean, spread them out, for Christ's sake. I can't watch 16, 16 games in a row. What the hell is this frozen frenzy? Mike, what do you think about Taylor Swift? Big fan of the Chiefs. I got to love Taylor Swift. Thank you. Here we go. Why not? I mean, it, and uh, this guy, how is this guy Kelsey all of a sudden a superstar, right? I'm not, I'm on the field. He's always been, but he, I, every time I turn on the TV, he's got another commercial. Yeah, God. he's in every commercial. Huh? Well, thanks God to Taylor him. Swift for that. It's worked out, it's worked out uh, pretty well for him so uh, far. Well, he might he, be right. He was on, the, he was on that path anyway a little bit, but I mean, certainly hanging out with Taylor hasn't hurt his huh? monetary situation. The right woman will or, elevate Or other situations you. for yeah. that. Yeah. 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 The right woman will elevate you. Right. <laughs> yes, she will elevate you. Oh. Uh, let, me, let me caution you, Mike. Last time you talked in this way, you ended up without a job. So, <laughs> um, Who loses first? Golden Knights, Avalanche, or Bruins? I think the, this uh, might be the first time ever that the NHL has three undefeated teams at 6-0. Well, uh, isn't Vegas seven and zero now? Or are they still six and zero? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're they're all they're play- Vegas is solid. They're so solid. The Avalanche are the most, along with Edmonton. Although McDavid's got dinged up a little bit, they're the most exciting team to watch. Their quickness is is fun to watch. And but the Bruins are efficient, so I have no idea who's going to lose first. But the Bruins' schedule tonight should put them. At seven and zero, oh, uh, and after that, I don't know what I don't know who Colorado is playing or who Vegas is playing, but they're going to go down sooner or later. But it, it's it's uh, it's fun to see those teams get hot. I like it when teams get hot, and you get, you get to see the style that they play, and you get to examine the players on their team. And you know, who knew that the Bruins would be a focal point right now? Everybody thought they'd be a stumble and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And you know, all of a sudden they're they're doing things that that. I'm not going to say they're making it look easy, but they're they're efficient from goaltending to defense to their forwards. They've been efficient. They're limiting mistakes, and you know, got to give the coach credit. Got to give the players credit, and they, I hope they keep it going. Mike, you say give the coach credit, and this is interesting because you you bring up Vegas, and you know, we obviously look at Cassidy and what he's been able to do there. What it what was it that it wasn't able to work here? It works there. Like I know, we always have this conversation because he goes and he wins the Stanley Cup, and yeah, well, Montgomery and he might repeat this year. Yeah, and Montgomery's <laughs> doing a good job, and I'm not taking nothing away from him. But what is it with Cassidy that now he's got guys, and you know, it, it looks like they could potentially guys who be, don't mind being yelled at and repeat. So I mean, what does it come like? Obviously, from a guy who's coached before, like what's the difference? What is he doing there that he couldn't have done here? I don't think he's doing anything differently. I think he's doing it with different people, and they're responding in a different way. And now that he's got a, a cup in his back pocket, he's got even more credibility than he did after a good long run with the Bruins. I don't. I don't think he's changed. You know, I, I don't know Bruce that well, but I know him well enough to to have seen him and talked to him over the years that he's been pretty much the same person. He did admit that he needed to maybe change some of his approaches to players, but. I don't think he's going <clears> to <throat> not pe- hold people accountable the way he did in Boston, and I think that's the role of the coach. And I think it's, it's Jim Montgomery's role. He just happens to do it with, you know, a song and a dance and a cup of coffee for everybody. And and if it works, it works. But I don't think Bruce is 
Cassidy's changed his approach at all. It's just he's he's talking to a different group of players and they're responding in a slightly different way. And somehow along the line, I guess maybe he did trip and uh, set up some problems with relationships and with people in Boston, and maybe that prevented him from from getting to the promised land. But you know, the run here was pretty damn good. And uh, you know, when Bergeron after Cassidy goes to Vegas says, well, it looks like Vegas is going to win the cup. Um, you got to know that Bergeron thinks pretty highly of him. So did we pull uh, the plug too early? You know what? Something happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was public criticism by Bruce of players, um, but I think he, I think he tripped. So coaches have to manage down and they have to manage up. I think his problem was he didn't manage up very well. Uh, speaking as we were when Shime was asking his question about television coverage and such, a texter wants to know if you think the NHL overdid the Connor Bedard hype. You know, it's a sales pitch. And the Connor Bedard hype, we'll, we'll see if it was overhyped. I mean, I've seen him play, and for an 18 or 19-year-old kid, whatever he is, you know, he's a visible presence on the ice. I haven't watched every Chicago game, but, you know, they sold McDavid in the same way. They sold Gretzky in the same way. They, you know, that's part of the deal. Whether the kid can live up to it or not is, is a different story, but um, it's same deal as, you know, fantasy, frozen, whatever the hell they called it the other night. I mean, they're going to sell it because it might sell tickets and bring people to, to the television set to watch games. But, I, I, listen, I'm... I've seen this kid play a lot of amateur games, and I've seen him play a few pro games, and the upside looks like it's spectacular. And, you know, I, I certainly don't pass on watching the Chicago Blackhawk game, particularly because of him. Mike Milbury, great having you every week, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, kids. All right. There he is, Mike Milbury. Quick reminder that if you cannot listen to the show on the radio for whatever the reason, you can stream it at weei.com every day. You can download the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, and listen to us from anywhere at any time. And you can also politely ask your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEI every morning when you wake up.